0: welcome to the october 4th edition of the pff forecast it's going to be a great show we're on to week five um it's going to be uh it's, it's an interesting week brad hates the week judah loves the week i mean it's, you know the, the texans are hot so judah's really excited it's gonna be great we we'll do a little injury update we're gonna go over some sgp builds we'll get to uh, our locks of the week and best bets it'll be a great episode let's rock <laughs> I'm back by popular demand Uh, Sunday night. I think the first forecast episode that I have not been there for, I can't really remember another time. Maybe there was a vacation I took at some point, but Brad and Arjun held it down. Uh, Got some incredible closing line value on the Sunday uh, podcast episode, which is great. Um, I had to go to the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, As you know, huge fan. I've been planning this, 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 uh, this game to go to Jets, Chiefs, just for this, was so exciting. Uh, I, just, I took binoculars, and all I did was look at the press box um, and then looked down and, and saw that the, the Chiefs managed not to cover the game, which was pretty disappointing. Um, I felt like like Brian Dable, actually, after that game. I was just kind of frustrated uh, with it, but um, made it back. Uh, Brad, you hate the slate. Uh, I want to know why. What, what is it that rubs you the wrong way?
1: I just think there, I personally don't see a ton of value on the spreads. Uh, and I think the games themselves are, there's a couple of good ones mixed in, but uh, I think a lot of, you know, look, you can't have a perfect 18 weeks. I just think that it's not my, not my favorite slate uh, of the season, probably my least favorite uh, that I can remember.
0: The good thing though, is that the two best games in my very humble opinion are in the morning and the early morning and then late night. So you can wake up early watching good football Go Apple picking, come back and watch some good football. Now I'm kidding. Uh, Judah, you love the slate, which means there are some some disgusting games in the middle that you must love. And I, for one, am excited to see what those are.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of exactly it. Uh, I feel like we're at that sweet spot in the season where like we actually have enough data in uh, 2023 to like actually construct some narratives and maybe we learn something. And it's not just off season priors. And it's kind of like juggling game of how the books are managing pricing. Uh, and I think there's kind of a lot of like ugliness and uncertainty that I'm just ready to dive all in.
0: Look, let me tell you this. I very much regret not buying in more to your Houston Texans narrative. You've been you were on them at the beginning of the year. Um, you were on them last week. Uh, and um, there are some very disappointed uh, people that bet on the Steelers. I think they were the most popular pick in circa millions last week. Um, and uh, they did not cover. Safe to say. Okay, let's uh, let's get into this. Let's start with a little injury roundup so we know uh, who's out, who's likely to be out, who's likely to be in. Brad, take away
1: Yep. So real quick for tomorrow night, uh, this might play a factor in some SGP conversations later. Uh, the Bears are missing their entire secondary. Essentially, is not playing in this game. Uh, I don't. I'm, that's not even hyperbole. Both starting safeties might be out. Both starting outside corner. or, or Jalen Johnson on the outside uh, and Kyler Gordon in the slot. I think none of those guys are going to play. So. Um, Sam Howell season is upon us Uh, Mostly positive news For the Baltimore Ravens I think we get Marlon Humphrey back for the first time I think we should get Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum Potentially back in this game Rashad Bateman also had a full practice So a lot of positive news there On the flip side Kenny Pickett is healthy enough to play Which might be bad news for the Pittsburgh Steelers Um, Unfortunately though tight end Pat Friermuth Is probably not going to play in this game Um, They're dealing with a couple other injuries there Beyond that, it's it's pretty decent. I I mean, T. Higgins is the big name to monitor uh, in Arizona. I think he wants to play Brooker Rib. I wouldn't be surprised if he does go. They've obviously been playing through a lot of injuries there in Cincy, but I also would not be surprised if he has held out of that game. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, that's pretty much it. The last thing I should mention is the London game that you talked about at the top of the show. The Jaguars, I think, are going to get a meaningfully different group up front at offensive line because Cam Robinson is coming back at left tackle. But I also think that kicks Walker Little or Anton Harrison or someone to guard. And I think you might improve multiple spots on the line with one transaction. So that's pretty much it.
0: And, of course, the the Bills without uh, Tred- Davis White, who tore his Achilles. And is Poyer back or is he still out?
1: Um, I would imagine he plays in this game. Um, but yeah, and Von Miller is pushing to play in this game as well. Yeah. We'll see if that actually happens. But he he said, uh, if I were a betting man, which, you know, present company included, uh, I would bet on me being on that field, uh, in London. All
0: right, that makes sense. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk SGPs first. Uh, for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, Judah is the master of constructing these correlated, um, narrative-based data-driven SGPs. So the idea being... Instead of placing these random SGPs that you find on the sports book when you log in that are like, hey, here's a charcuterie board of garbage for you to bet on, um, you can actually build things that are data-driven where if one thing happens, others are actually more likely to happen, which is kind of the whole idea with uh, the SGP. So um, I I think that's a good introduction. Oh, yeah, it was uh, 80% ROI last year on public plays, and uh, you hit, what was it, like 250 to one yourself? So Anyways, with that, we've been agonizingly close so far this year. Uh, The one that comes to mind for me last week was how right you were about the Jags feeding Christian Kirk. And if Trevor Lawrence had eyes in his head, uh, (laughs) he would have made me a lot of money because Kirk was wide open in the end zone a couple of times. uh, But uh, ended up, I think, with like 10 or 12 targets or something like that uh, and sailed over his overs. So anyways, uh, Jude, I turn it over to you. Let's, uh, Let's talk some SGP builds.
2: Yeah, I think we'll start with tomorrow night. You know, I, I'm just going to say last week, it was, oh, Sam Howell this, Sam Howell that. Uh, Judah's all over Sam Howell. He's obsessed with Sam Howell. What's he missing? I actually think, uh, I mean, the, Bronco, the the Bears defense is exceptionally hurt uh, and very vulnerable, but that's not the side I want to attack in this game. It's actually going to be the uh, Bears passing attack. Uh, Washington, with the exception of the Bears and Broncos, have allowed more points in kind of excess of market expectations, right, it week as a team total, uh, which uh, goes to, to offense and defense. And if you look at the realized points allowed relative to the expectation, uh, the commanders have allowed like 55 points more than expected. Their defense uh, is still, if you look at kind of like the impredict rankings is, is prices is to top unit. Uh, they have a great defense line uh, that I don't think matters to Justin Fields in kind of an unintuitive way uh, because of his trait scrambling, he's going to kind of run himself into sacks, regardless of whether or not, uh, they have a strong defensive line, and I do think this is a very beatable secondary. Uh, and really, the the build I like here is kind of playing off two angles, one of which is Justin Fields has actually been, this is his second straight year, being a really good deep passer. We started to see them kind of unleash that a bit last week. Uh, the matchup, of course, helped against the Broncos, but I don't think it's such a huge drop-off uh, against the commanders. And the target share is very, very narrow. We know it's going to go to DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney, the Commanders are probably top three defense, I'll say, to, to be generous, defending against tight ends. Uh, I think that's kind of going to limit Colcomit's production. And if we kind of see this same aerial attack uh, where Fields is hitting more and Mooney, and I the, the key here is that like you can build, I built something like uh, 150 to one. So crazy, crazy odds. And uh, again, not much needs to happen Uh because prices are so low on Chicago, where you can build a Justin Fields like two seventy five, DJ Moore one hundred, Darnell Mooney sixty yards, you can get that at like well over a hundred to one, uh, and it's essentially saying like we're going to see a little more of what we saw last week. And and Justin Fields has been a good deep passer. If he connects on a couple of these deep shots against a very beatable defense, uh, this sort of thing can hit. And and I think the kind of uh, pushback is, oh, aren't you worried about the defensive line? That matters less when you have a guy like Fields who can uh, kind of create for an extra second and a half uh, and mitigate that that pass rush. He's going to take sacks for sure. But on the three or four throws where he doesn't, or the three or four scrambles where he doesn't take sacks and he instead finds guys downfield, that's sort of where I'm banking on the production. Uh, and I think if, if they unleash it deep, we could see him fly over his, his passing props like we saw last week.
1: So real quick question for you. Uh, This was part of what I was uh, thinking about earlier. And I think, I don't know if it's counterintuitive is probably the wrong word. And and I guess these plays would take away from those passing yards and receiving yards. But um, I I was thinking uh, the idea of a QB rushing yards, there might be, I guess the books would understand scrambling is a huge component of that. But I could see a scenario where they view QB rushing yards as kind of counter to a, a passing attack, game script, and throwing the ball a lot. And I think with fields, like, me, including rushing yards potentially in an SGP like that, actually is playing into the idea he's going to be throwing downfield a lot. There are just going to be scenarios where nothing's open and he takes off. What, what do you yeah. think about that?
2: Yeah, I actually love this, and, and this goes to what, I, what I've what personally built. Uh, I mean, I, I can, you know, on uh, – we'll put in the discard. We'll put it in the discard. Um, but because prices right now are essentially baking in the median of what's happened in the past, and that's a really, really, really inefficient passing offense or offense in general – Uh, So effectively, the play volume is of the worst team in the league. Teams that are going to go three and out. So we can actually see uh, because of the like raw numbers are still low. Like the most you can get is two seventy five for Justin Fields passing yards, and in general, like there just aren't enough plays to go around in an NFL game for a quarterback to rush for fifty yards and throw for you know three hundred yards. But when the numbers are like two seventy five and fifty. Uh, and they're basically the sample that the books are drawing from is when an offense is running 55 plays, and we can say, hey, maybe they're actually going to be a little more successful and run 65, 70 plays. That difference is made up for it. So I absolutely love that angle. I personally bet uh, a Fields 275 passing, uh, his rushing yards, the, and the DJ Moore Darnell Mooney stuff. Uh, I love that angle. The books are pricing it in, as they should, because uh, in most spots, the, the rushing yards are going to take away from the passing yards. But I think in this case, it's just kind of playing on this angle of, the Bears offense has been really bad, but if they're better, it's kind of going to look different. And the play volume actually stacks up relative to the rest of the league.
0: The question that I have is, do you think that the Denver Broncos are not, like, is there a chance that they're just so generationally terrible? I mean, they are an atrocity. Like, they are so bad. They give 70 points to, you know, the Dolphins who then, you know, struggled to score 25 against the Bills. They, you know, are probably going to make Zach Wilson look like Jesus Christ. Um, he's going to be dating Taylor Swift after this game uh, on Sunday, but like they have been so, so, so terrible that what we saw to Justin Fields is a huge aberration and there's like no way that's going to be replicable against a normal NFL team. Like is that, is that you know, that's got to be part of the angle that I think the books are reverting to and has got to be some like the, the Broncos have been atrociously bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's true. Like that very well could be the possibility, but it's not as if I'm getting, you know, plus 400 plus 600. Like I'm betting this 50, 60 to one that like, Mm. yeah, that's absolutely baked into the price, but I think there's kind of uh, a lot more upside kind of playing the other angle. And I mean, you just segued perfectly into the second one, which is like if the Broncos defense is generationally bad, again, the books are pricing in Zach Wilson's prop is 203 yards. That's not a lot for an NFL game. Uh, especially when you have talented receivers uh, and guys like Garrett Wilson. This is basically just saying like, if the Broncos defense is as bad as they have played or even 80% of as bad as what they have played. And if Zach Wilson uh, is a little better and I'm not going to kind of buy the like, Oh, Zach Wilson's turned a corner. I think one data point, which I found very, very interesting was, and I kind of noticed this one of those where I was watching the game and then I turned to the data and where I was like, Zach Wilson seems like he's abandoning fewer clean pockets. Uh, and staying in rhythm a lot more. Uh, and actually, his in-rhythm percentage, which is something that PFF charts, uh, was 65% last game, which is a career high by about 5%. The base rate of success for uh, a player in rhythm is 0. 0.025, uh, which would essentially be, you know, a top three quarterback season. Uh, Zach Wilson, if he is a, just staying in the pocket, maybe that's a sign to buy. Uh, and that was something I clearly saw on tape and shows up in the numbers. Uh, and I think we... we The ball is going to go to Zach, to uh, Garrett Wilson, if he's going to have success. Uh, I'm willing to kind of play that angle of just the Broncos are so bad and Zach Wilson maybe turned a little bit of a corner. Uh, I'm not, I'm not betting the future on this, but I'm happy to take that tails exposure uh, and I'll be betting the, the Wilson to Wilson for sure.
1: I actually love the angle that you brought up with the Bears in terms of the plays, the total volume of plays they're going to run. I think the Jets had a way higher early down pass rate in this game. They were actually pushing the ball and not just going run, run, pass and going three and out of a bunch of these drives. I think they could play 70 snaps instead of the 58 or whatever their average has been so far this season as well.
2: Yeah, uh, and I think one more thing to kind of tie this together for both quarterbacks uh, is that both quarterbacks have been really, really bad. Uh, in general, and basically any way you slice it, with the exception of uh, kind of deep passes. Wilson has not been great this year, but in the past, we have actually a decent sample of, like, Wilson can throw it deep in the same way Fields can throw it deep. Uh, And if they're going to do that often against bad defenses, you don't need so much to go right. When your passing prop is 200 yards and you can get, you know, 30% of that on one pass, uh, it kind of raises the floor uh, and certainly the ceiling.
0: Uh, This was the one that I looked at uh, earlier today and, and, and loved, you know, I always go back to this uh, phrase that people use during draft season, it was like, I watched him live and let me tell you, it was impressive. Like, as if you can't see that on film, um, but I watched Zach Wilson live. And, you know, I, I will say this, like, I think going into that game, we had some decent conviction around the Chiefs being a above average defense. Um, and the other thing about that game that I think is important, Is that was a there there was a lot, there were a lot of eyeballs in that game, right? If Zach Wilson was going to perform poorly in pressure situations, that was going to be the one. Um, and they were, I mean, that place was half Chiefs fans, like maybe not quite half, but close to like a lot of Chiefs fans. They were down 17, nothing. And that place was pretty. the The Jets fans were pretty quiet, okay? Chiefs fans were pretty rowdy. So he's going now to Denver, going back to near where he went to school, right, with BYU. Maybe there's some people that make the trip. Um, I I think that there's a a nice opportunity for him to perform well in a pressure situation again. And, um, yeah, I mean, the the Broncos have just been generously bad. So I, I was looking at this one. The other thing that's very clear is that Garrett Wilson has not somehow gotten worse like Garrett Wilson is still absolutely cooking people on every single play and is wide open. So if Zach Wilson watches that film, I think he'll go, oh, yeah, like I should just throw the ball to, to Garrett Wilson a little bit more. Um, and uh, that's kind of a natural um, you know, kind of thing that, that, that happens. Um, so I, I like it quite a bit. My only concern would be that the Broncos offense has looked solid and it, there could be some regression there based on the defenses that they have played not being very good. But I do like the simple fact that the Broncos offense has been good. So, you know, they're going to probably score a few points. Like, I don't think they get shut out by that Jets defense, which would worry you in terms of having Zach Wilson overs because then he you know, doesn't throw the ball in.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a couple more here. Again, okay. this is a week I love. I got it, you know, yeah. laying on here. Uh, I'm going to take some Rams passing game and probably layer it with some Rams spread as well. Uh, I think well, we'll, we'll talk about the teams here first, uh, which is the Eagles are 4-0. I don't think they've done really anything to, to kind of impress. By most efficiency numbers, they're, you know, in the 7 to, to 10 range on offense. Uh, and defensively, the run defense has been terrific. And the names up front, right, you're looking at this defensive line uh, and you're like, this should be a top five pass rush. If you look at pressure rate, I think they're 19th. If you look at quick pressure rate, they're 17th. Uh, so while they have absolute maulers on the defensive line, that hasn't exactly shown up and their coverage has been absolutely dreadful. They moved uh, James Bradbury to the slot. He hasn't been as good. Josh Joby's probably the worst corner in football uh, right now. He's still playing on the outside. Darius Slay's getting old. He has not graded out well. Uh, I think these are the sorts of things that happen when you lose your defensive coordinator. Uh, I think maybe one of the macro lessons we've learned this year is, is kind of the importance of uh, defensive coordinators. Uh, we had Logan asking in the chat what happened to, to the Broncos. I think like Elijah Everill leaving uh, and Vance Joseph coming in explains so much of that, um, that, that I do think uh, the Eagles' defensive unit is very, very vulnerable. That said, they're terrific against the run. Uh, they're going to funnel passes uh, against them. And I'm perfectly willing to back the, the Rams and Stafford right now who are showing up top 10 in most offensive efficiency metrics uh, Puka Nakua is legit. I mean, like you don't, you don't have the start he had by accident. Uh, if they get Cooper cup back, great. Tutu Atwell's always been a darling. Uh, he's produced well in, in kind of that complimentary role. Uh, the Eagles play a ton of zone. Puka Nakua has, uh, drawn more tart, more has a higher target share against zone than any other player. Uh, I mean, he just has a high target share. The dude, dude earns targets at a great rate. Uh, but I'm going to play this angle of basically saying the, the books are, very, very, excuse me. The market is very, very slow to kind of upgrade this Rams team. I'm willing to buy in, say this is much more like the 2021 version than the 2022 version. Uh, I think the Eagles, by virtue of being 4-0, and are kind of still being priced as this semi-elite team. I don't think they're that at home in a matchup that sets up well. We talked about wanting to back Matthew Stafford last week uh, in, in weeks in which uh, you can be against vulnerable secondaries and against pass rushes. Uh, that, are, that are not exactly going to overwhelm, uh, a.k.a. having a good situation. I think this actually fits the bill. The Eagles pressure rate, as I said, not exactly so high. This is a spot I really, really, really like. Uh, I'll be building some, you know, Stafford, uh, cash to Stafford 300 and, and Rams minus five and a half last week at plus 800. I assume that's going to be something like, you know, plus 14, 1500. I'll be going right back to at that. And then also building the pass game without the Rams spread uh, through Puka Nakua. We know where the ball is going to go. Uh, I'm even fine with that, even if Cooper Cup comes
1: back. But this is one of my favorite spots.
0: I mean, I don't think Cup's coming back this week, is he?
1: I would assume not. And I was, that was the other game I had circled. Uh, so I'd love to hear that. I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, their secondary is not good. It, I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah, good, Not yeah, and, good would be an understatement.
2: It's, it's especially magnified when your run defense is really good. This is like the Titans problem last year, where just like teams are going to pass against you. And if you can't stop them, that's not great. It wouldn't be such an issue if you had a, you know, ferocious pass rush, but that hasn't shown up yet.
0: Yeah, it is interesting because the the grading on that defensive line has been really solid. Jalen Carter has been great. Um, But man, if those guys are open, you know, and the, the other interesting thing about the Eagles thus far is, I feel like their offense has been a little bit underwhelming. Showed up decently against Washington, but I don't know. I think watching the preponderance of their games, you would say they're definitely not back to where they were last year. Um, and so I think the Rams struggle a little bit um, playing from behind. I just think that Stafford presses um, a, a bit there as he has done in, in the games where they played for behind this year. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, like, Give McVay a chance to expose um, a secondary that isn't very good in play zone. And I think you will find a lot of success. Like McVay has done that so well throughout his career. Um, so like that a lot. Okay. Um, let's get into it. Let's get into, oh, you have one more.
2: I got one more. I got okay. I just, I got to save this one. Uh, we're going to do a build around Rashid Rice. Uh, the list of receivers who have a higher target share when on the field and Rashi rice are Devonte adams tyreek hill and aj brown right now this is a guy who has seen his snap increase every single week uh i mean the chiefs are practically begging for someone to emerge uh from the wide receiver unit when playing and he's been getting more and more time every week rice has been terrific uh against an extremely beautiful vikings secondary we're going to get some like 80 yards at plus, you know, 800, building some Mahomes to Rashi Rice uh, stacks are, are very much in play. It's certainly a DFS play uh, and also some uh, same game parlay I'm going to be building.
0: Yeah, it, it's actually another another takeaway that I had from watching live is uh, they need to feed Rasheed Rice the ball a little bit more. Um, I he, he is very clearly... Like, I think their best combination of athleticism and getting actually getting open um, from the receiving position, which is kind of scary to say. But yeah, I don't understand why he isn't playing more. It is a bit concerning that he is so good when he's on the field, but isn't playing more. And I wonder if it's like limited understanding of the playbook. You know, is there something happening in practice? But to your point, when he's on the field, like he's getting a target, (laughs) it's going to happen.
2: It's it's coming. We want to be here early. The Rashi Rice breakout game. You heard it here first.
0: Never wrong, just early. Okay, let's get into uh, let's get into the best bets. We're going to choose our locks of the week. We we started out choosing one a long long time ago. That time has since passed, um, and uh, we are on to to multiple locks of the week. All right, we'll
1: go around the horn. We will start with you, Brad. I guess I'll just tie one right into Judah's bet. Going back to the well, we say that too often now, but I think this is the Mahomes over two-and-a-half touchdown pass week. Uh, It's plus 120. Look, he's fifth in PFF grade against the Blitz since 2021. We know Minnesota is going to Blitz more than any other defense in the NFL. You talked about the secondary – uh, and then Kirk Cousins, though, on the flip side, I think to help us with game script here and force the Kansas City Chiefs to continue to throw the football, um, you look at the coverage shells that, that Kansas City tends to run, a lot of man coverage, cover two, some quarters as well, uh, You know, I blended that up on, on Ultimate, Kirk Cousins is a ninth graded quarterback against the, the coverages that Kansas City is playing, um, and, and I think that offensive line is going to be able to do enough where Chris Jones is going to cause problems. But the tackles are going to win on the outside. I think Justin Jefferson, I don't care who's going up against. I think they're going to score on – it's a good defense, but they're going to score as well. Uh, you can pick on these linebackers a little bit in coverage. Drew Tranquil hasn't really been the guy we saw last year yet to this point. Um, so I think it will be a Hawkinson day. Uh, but, yeah, Mahomes over two-and-a-half touchdowns because I think we're going to see a lot of points this one. What, uh, what can you get that at right now? Can you get that at plus money? Yeah, plus 120. It was the last time I saw it.
0: Yeah. So, by the way, on the, the PFF uh, Best Bets tool, that is, uh, there he is, plus 120 over two and a half. Huge fan. And, I, you know, we haven't talked, uh, I'm sure you guys talked about this a little bit on Sunday, but that was maybe the, I don't know, the worst game, but that was a brutal game from the homes. I mean, that was embarrassingly bad. Both interceptions that he threw. I, I it can't, so actually, Asked, I wanted to find out if he was injured because that's how bad he looked. And I talked to a couple people that know a thing or two. And they said, No, we talked to the the team because we were curious as well because he had his you know ankle rolled up previously. And I said, No, like he's he's perfectly fine, he came out of the game perfectly fine. So that just means he played like crap. And uh, I think the, the good get right spot is in a dome against the Vikings defense, yes. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of that. All right, Judy, you're up next.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals money line here. Uh, I think this is the the books are, are are kind of pricing this as like in between where the Broncos excuse me where the Bengals uh, preseason predictions were and their actual production. Like by any stretch, this offense has been absolutely dreadful. Uh, the markets are kind of like, oh, maybe they're like the 16th best team. They're not. They're either really really bad or really really good. Uh, and I'm going to kind of lean on this. The Bengals are as bad as their production has been. Uh, I think when you can kind of source it. Uh, we've talked about this a number of times uh, on this podcast. Joe Burrow last year on scramble passes added about a point every single time he had one of these scramble passes. Now it is he's losing about half a point. That's the worst in the NFL. He's not scrambling as often. He's getting rid of the ball quickly, which is eliminating the vertical attack. They are last in percentage of drives with an explosive play. Uh, they're they're one-dimensional on offense. This is just not a good unit at all. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals on offense are – they have one of the lowest three and out rates in the league by any offensive efficiency metric. They're above average. I'm not exactly sure how that's what, – what is going to stop uh, that they're just going to revert back to this, like, 32nd best team that everyone kind of is assuming. Uh, and markets are kind of slow to, to get off that. Uh, I'm not sure I'm not betting this with a, with a little same-game parlay because I don't know if they're going to lean on the run. Quarterback. I frankly, I like the under in this game also, uh, but I just see this as a, a bad mispricing. The Bengals are not good right now. The Cardinals are not the 32nd best team in the league or 29th best team in the league. Maybe that's where they're priced right now. Uh, I think the Cardinals should be favored in this game, and I'm going to take them on the money line. Maybe even sprinkle some minus two and a half.
0: I am a big fan of that. Um, okay, my first one, I'm going I'm to mix it up here, and I'm going to go to my favorite um, bet because I bet this a bunch already. And I, I think it's interesting. So the, the biggest game of the week is Dallas in San Francisco play the Niners. I think looking at their power ratings, right, or, or kind of power ranking number, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, both those teams probably top five teams. And so looking at a model that sees that kind of aggregate level uh, data, I think you can make a case that the spread should be three, three and a half. Um, but I think when you look at how the teams are constructed, and you look at who is coaching uh, these two teams, I think there is a pretty significant matchup advantage across the board for the San Francisco 49ers. The biggest one honestly is the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have not been have been a great defense but have not been a great defense stopping the run. very middle of the pack stopping the run, PFF grade in the mid-60s, you know obviously their pass rush has been elite but can't really stop the run. And what that is going to allow, I mean, that's just going to put their defense in a pretzel. Like you get Cal Shanahan in the scripted plays, they're going to march right down the field. Um, no one, no one is stopping that offense. Okay, that's the question: is who's stopping that offense? The answer is nobody. So, from an offensive standpoint, I think that's a huge advantage. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think there is another big advantage for the um, for the Niners. The, the Cowboys, offensively. I mean, you look at who they have played so far this year. And I guess, you know, look, they, they dominated the New England Patriots who could not get out of their own way. But it's not like they faced, you know, a real murderer's row of situations where their offense has had to perform, right? Playing from behind and actually play well, really aside from playing the Cardinals where they lost 28 to 16. And what we've seen in the past is that this matchup is just not good for Dak Prescott. Um, they're going to clamp down on the tight end over the middle of the field. He was unable to escape the pass rush last year. And that offensive line is not nearly as good as they used to be. Uh, Zach Martin, questionable. Tyron Smith, Smith, questionable. Um, That is not going to be good for this team Um, because this offense or this defensive line can both stop the run and rush the passer. So I think it's a really bad combination in, uh, in terms of matchup on both sides of the ball for the 49ers um and just like i'm selling the mike mccarthy as the play caller is changing the dallas cowboys narrative um i do not think that that is the case i think we'll find that out here today um or or on sunday so i like niners minus three and a half um but you knew that was going to happen because um i've talked about cal shanahan and the niners owning the cowboys before it is a tale as old as time so that's my first one brad uh we're on to you
1: Yep. So uh, a, a big divisional AFC North game. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are absolutely dreadful. Thirtieth uh, in EPA per play. They, like I mentioned, no Pat for who is uh, you know an important element of their entire offense. They really, without him and Deontay Johnson, have George Pickens and Calvin Austin, um, and, and then a run game that you know kind of got off the ground against the Houston Texans, but really is not a particularly good unit. Uh, going up against the Ravens defense, that's third in EPA per play. Uh, and then in this game, another reason I like the angle here, it's Ravens minus four. Is um, going to be a little bit of weather, and, and so I don't think you're going to be able to attack downfield. Lamar Jackson's our second highest graded passer on in intermediate throws, is our most accurate per the, per PFF charting on, on throws ten to twenty yards downfield. Um, the Steelers defense in the second level has been a problem. I, I mean, their corners Pat Pete uh, and, and Levi Wallace are bad. They, they, they are bad players right now. They, they are making mental mistakes. They're not playing good football. Um, and I think you're going to see Zay Flowers break some ankles against those two. I mentioned Rashad Bateman could be back, OBJ could be back, Marlon Humphrey could be back. The offensive line could be healthier. Um, I, I think the Steelers might score three points in this game, so I think the Ravens can score more than a touchdown.
0: That's that's great math. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Love that math, Judo. We're on to you.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I think this might be might be a first on the PFF forecast, but we're going to go with the sack prop uh as our lock of the week this was extremely loyal last year uh but we very rarely got them right before uh kickoff it was a sunday morning treat we're gonna go with chase young to have uh oh wait, i I need to double check if it's uh two and a half 0.25 yeah 0.25 over two and a half sacks plus 114 uh quarterback uh over the last two years has taken more sacks than justin fields uh chase young is Coming off an injury, but still ranked 31st in pass rush greed. Uh, he generated seven pressures against the uh, Broncos, I want to say, six last week against the Eagles. He will be in the backfield of Chicago. As we were talking about, I anticipate lots of plays uh, for the Bears. Justin Fields takes way too many sacks. I really, really like this play. Uh, for Chase Young, uh, coming back from injury, uh, I expect him to get a sack on, on Thursday night.
0: I like that. I like diversifying to sack props. A place where we have a pretty big edge in terms of data and analysis on both quarterbacks and um, on edge defenders. And one of the things that you're calling out here, which is important to remember, is that quarterbacks are like the biggest predictor of sacks, right? Like everyone wants to look at the offensive line, want to look at the pass rushers, but like it's all about how long a quarterback holds on the ball. And even when Justin Fields was good last week, he still held on the ball for a really long time. So it, it's not as if like his newfound efficiency is coming from getting the ball out quick. He's still holding on the ball uh, for a super long time. So I think that is a a good point. Okay, Um, I I have uh, a couple of player props. Um, Let me go with the first one, which is um, the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. So I talked about this matchup um, here just a second ago. Uh, Jake Ferguson, who's been good this year, but um, is going up against the best defender of tight ends in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. So right now, his total is at 33 and a half uh, receiving yards, like under 33 and a half. This is also something that uh, shows up in the, the PFF best bets tool, as you can see here. Uh, now Ferguson has been fine, um, you know, he, he's been solid. Uh, but what I also think is really interesting is his, his total has been significantly lower um, and he's done well in each of his last two games. So they've raised this line, it is up, you know, now over 30 at 33 and a half. And now he's facing a team that is actually really good at stopping um, tight ends. He also had 11. I know it was the Giants, and that game was weird. Giants can't stop anybody from a, you know, anywhere. So um, like I, I think that the last two games are great, had some success, but this is going to be a totally different animal with the San Francisco 49ers. So I like Jake Ferguson under in, on Sunday Night Football. All um, right. On where we move, remove, Brad.
1: All right, uh, I got Anthony Richardson over one and a half touchdown passes. I think you can get plus 180, plus 185 range. Uh, we have talked about Tennessee a bunch. A phenomenal run defense there. Once again, bottom 10 in EPA per dropback. They had the second-worst success rate allowed against the pass. Um, and then on throws, 10-plus yards downfield, uh, our sixth-worst um, in any paper play allowed. And I think you're going to see in this game, look, Anthony Richardson was 11 of 25 last week and averaged eight yards per attempt and had two touchdown passes. Like, I think we can hit this – If he still completes under 15 passes, I think you're going to see an Alec Pierce game. You're going to see a Josh Downs attacking the middle of the field deep in the seam. I think you're going to try to see them recognize we're not going to run the ball effectively. We've played this team a million times. We know we're not going to run the ball very well. And also, why dink and dunk? Why not just go deep and let Anthony Richardson uncork it? So um, I I love the matchup here. I think we're going to see some explosive receptions from the Indianapolis Colts, and hopefully they are explosive touchdowns.
0: I dig it. Yeah. He's looked good. Um, Judah, we haven't heard anything about the Texans yet. Not putting you on the spot, but you're
2: Oh, I mean, that's a, that's an SGP play. Uh, I, you know, I couldn't go with five. That's, that's too many, uh, same game parlays. Uh, I'm going to go with a Juju Smith Schuster under, uh, I got this at 33 and a half. It's has since moved to 29 and a half. I still like it. Uh, this is a guy who was on the field for only 26 out of 55 snaps. Uh, the Saints play a, a bunch of man coverage. He does not have that matchup advantage uh, going up against Alante uh, Taylor in, in the slot. Uh, I would also add that Mac Jones is the worst quarterback. If we, if we, uh, against man coverage, excuse me, uh, Mac Jones has the lowest pass EPA. I anticipate another uh, poor showing from the Patriots offense. I don't anticipate that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be seeing the field much uh, it is a low total, but I am more than comfortable backing uh, the under here.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good point. What, sorry. What is that at 29 now?
2: 29 and a
0: half. I love fading, uh, fading juju. Um, all right. My next, um, my next prop uh, and I think there are some, some really interesting opportunities for, for props out here. Um, but I'm going back to the uh, the Broncos defense. Well, And going to full Garrett Wilson here. So I don't see his receptions up uh, anywhere. His total is at 59 and a half. I'm guessing that receptions might be like four and a half. Um, If it's, if it's four and a half, I definitely like that as the over. I think I, I I mean, I like his yards as well. Um, I've taken that, but to your point earlier, Judah, um, you know, this, this Broncos uh, defense is historically terrible. And, Against the Chiefs, like I think we saw some glimmers of hope. So um, Garrett Wilson still a top ten talent at wide receiver, and uh, Zach Wilson turning the corner. Um, man, if he does well against the Broncos, he's so great because the Jet they're gonna the Jets are already pot committed to Zach Wilson for like an extra five weeks because of that performance. Um, and the fact, by the way, the fact that he like took blame for the fumble. Yeah, so funny, man. It's so funny because like. People are giving him so much praise. And yeah, he took blame for it. But like, it's so much easier to take blame when you played like a great game. Otherwise, it's like, so maybe pump the brakes just like a tiny bit. Uh, I think we're going to be in a spot to fade Zach Wilson a week from now. Let's just remember that. Okay, we put that, let's write that one down. Let's be ready for it. Um, because I think this, uh, this narrative is getting a little overblown. But this week, Garrett Wilson over. I'm a huge uh, proponent.
1: Yeah. He should take blame for, for uh, missing Garrett Wilson, who had about three steps of separation down the right sideline for a touchdown. I wish he would take blame for that. uh, Instead. Uh, I got one more uh, Judas guy, the man, the myth, the legend a Rashid Shahid prop uh, rushing and receiving over 29 and a half combo. The Patriots obviously lose Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. I don't really think Gonzalez factors much in here. Um, Judon is their best edge defender and their best edge setter, and particularly on early downs, if we get some jet motion or things like that for a carry for Rashid Shahid, which we tend to get about once a game. Um, I mean, Josh is a fun player. They don't even play him on early downs because he can't do it. You know, Keon White, a rookie, like I'm curious what they're going to do. You know, they had Dietrich Wise and some other players that can move around, um, but I'm curious what they're going to do on the edge on early downs, and I think you're going to see the Saints protect their offensive line a little bit and, and try to, you know – Give them some of those easy, quick pop plays, uh, and then of course, you know, as a receiver, you know he's going to be looked at for deep balls. Th- this Patriots secondary now, without uh, CB one Christian Gonzalez, uh, I think does factor into a degree here. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of time for this Saints offense. Their offensive line has not played well, but I think they're going to have a better opportunity to do so. Uh, and I like our guy Rashid Shaheed to get a couple looks here. I mean, three touches. I think we're looking good on twenty nine and a half bet- between rushing and receiving.
2: I absolutely love that. Uh, <laughs> you know, as as the self-proclaimed president of, of the fan club, uh, he also generated, uh, I think, the second most targets uh, last week.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that I'm curious to see if that trend uh, continues. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the prices have caught up to, to the Texans uh, on the passing side, that uh, the same game parlays are maybe a little friskier. Uh, but I still, I still like them on, on the money line. I mean, I don't think uh, this Falcons team is at all capable. Uh, I kind of look back to uh, 2021, uh, to 2022, you know, my ears confused these days. The 2022 This is a team with a four and a half win total. And like Marcus Mariota was in the top half of the league in EPA last year. I don't think we've kind of conceptualized that, like, there's a huge, huge drop-off going from Mariota to Ritter. I think that's kind of crazy to say, but it's true. Uh, And, like, not much around this team has changed. And I think kind of we were looking at, like, oh, the Falcons were, like, kind of average last year. And, like, quarterback position, like, doesn't matter as much to the Falcons as every other team. And, like, sure, the defense has, like, improved marginally. But they have the worst quarterback in in football. Uh, The offense has been absolutely dreadful. I don't see why that's going to stop. I'm like fine taking some margin. Like the Texans are going to hit on some deep shots, uh, especially if they get uh, Howard and Tunsell back this week. Uh, I think we're going to start to see fewer of those negative plays and more of like the, the basis for the, the bet last week because CJ Stroud has been terrific when he has a clean pocket and I expect more clean pockets. Uh, I don't think the market has downgraded the Falcons enough. And if we even just look at like the impredict uh, kind of like rankings of the Texans, they're still three and a half points worse on a neutral field. That's six worst in the NFL. I do not think they're the sixth worst team in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to be betting the Texans until the market catches up.
0: I love that play. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love it. I've got one more. Um, I'm going back to the tight end. Well, um, teams that have been that have struggled mightily in defending the tight end uh, this year and going back to last year, the Jaguars have been a train wreck at defending tight ends. They are playing the Buffalo Bills in, in uh, London. Dalton Kincaid has more than two and a half receptions in three of his four games. Um, he has been utilized. Uh, I think he will be increasingly utilized in this game. Um, last game was the Stefan Diggs game, right? He had like you know a bazillion yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, they're gonna you know watch that film and go. We gotta shut you know Stefan Diggs down. They're gonna put uh, tight end uh, coverage players in more bind. And I think this is um, I, frankly, I think this might be my favorite one um, maybe next to the, to the homes bet, but over two and a half um, receptions right now. And, you know, I would expect as well that as the season goes, they're going to look to get Kincaid more and more involved. So I would expect his playing time uh, to increase, but he's already gone over that in, in three of the four games. So I like that combination of the two, he has yet to really grade well uh, for us, but um, you know, it generally takes tight ends uh, a little bit of time. So, Everyone's talking about Sam LaPorta. Um, no one's really talking about Kincaid yet, uh, but think in this matchup against the uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the London Jaguars, that, um, that this is a great opportunity for him. So that is my last one. Um, I think uh, we've got a good set to, to choose from before we do. Um, got some new, uh, some new reads for the people here. Okay. A long time friend of the podcast one that has kept us clean in uh, all areas, prepared for summer weather. And now with fall around the corner, you wanna get cozy, right? You wanna wear a couple of extra layers. Well, let me tell you what you don't want an extra layer of, and that's body hair. And that's why Manscaped is here for you. Manscaped, I've been a user of their product for quite some time. I only use it because it is actually a very, very high quality product. Um, But uh, what they are calling Balloween is the most incredible pun I've ever heard. Uh, it is coming up. And if you think your fall clothing is something that you don't want to have excess hair for, let me tell you this your Halloween costume is also not something you want to have excess body hair for. It is not a good look. I can promise you that is not going to play well. PFF is the promo code that you need to get 20% off free shipping this Halloween with Manscaped. Uh, the Manscaped um, Skin Safe technology makes sure that you're not going to hurt yourself when you are cleaning yourself up. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, it's a great product. It's cordless, battery life lasts forever, has light on the end. Talk about skin safe technology. It's got all the stuff that you need. So go to slash uh, promo code PFF. You get 20% off on your shipping. Get yourself cleaned up for cuffing season. You're going to want, who you're going to thank me. I promise. Um, next up, our friends at Prize Picks. You may be in a state where you cannot bet on football. Like me, I am in uh, California, awful place. And Prize Picks is here to help you out. So as you think about what's coming up on Thursday night, for example, we talked about um, some of the the SGPs that Judah loves. That is one of the opportunities there. You can go get yourself involved at Prize Picks. Get a little DJ Moore over three and a half receptions. Justin Fields over one and a half passing touchdowns. Get yourself into the action with Prize Picks. It's skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports. That's how it works. You pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than your Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25x your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing uh, experience. Watch your progress update in real time, and win up to 25x your entry. It is that easy, uh, and you can make the picks in less than 60 seconds. Super easy to use. So go to PrizePicks.com/forecast. Use that code FORECAST for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that is pricefix.com slash forecast. Use code FORECAST for a first deposit match of up to $100. And of course, our friends at Western Southern, I've talked about this a few times before, but you do not want to sit here on a Sunday worrying about your family's success in addition to your betting success. So don't. Get yourself a great long-term plan for your, your family with term life insurance from Fabric by Western and Southern. They will make sure that you are in a great spot and it takes only 10 minutes. All you have to do is go to M-E-E-T PFF, and you will be in a great spot to go from uh, nothing to covered in under 10 minutes. Again, meet M-E-E-T, meet PFF. All right, let's pick our uh, locks of the week here. What do we think? um i'll start and just say i think i've mentioned this i love the mahomes angle that one is um i think uh one of my favorites getting into plus money um and i, I thought the texans one is also uh interesting I, I don't know how we're not pricing in desmond ritter to be an absolute atrocity yet but somehow he is still favored i do not understand it
1: yeah i like the houston one a ton as well and, and just to answer your question i think both larry McTunsell and titus howard are going to be playing in this game so you're getting both players back um, you know, it hasn't been a huge factor without them, but they do make a difference, you know, because Atlanta's often our defensive line has played well. But yeah, I, I love that one too. Um, yeah. What I gotta, else? I gotta go
2: with the Jake Ferguson under seeing Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson with like effectively the same prop uh is itself a little crazy to me, and add in the fact that they're going up against the San Francisco defense, which has been limiting tight end production for
1: years. I love that one here. I think it's a great call cuz I think his price is boosted cuz he's now he is a focal point of this offense now, but it's just this is not the game to do it and I think his prices are now like in the waller, like those type of guys and he's just yeah. Big fan.
0: Waller who shall not be named. The man is yeah, dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Former There's Waller some, prices. <laughs> oh
0: my god. There's some stat out there about the number of times that um the uh, that my fantasy kicker has outscored my jones to waller uh connection and it's not good <laughs> yeah it is not great um what are some of the other ones that, that we had out here because I, I actually didn't love slate but ended up liking um a lot of what we what we came to um what else uh what else comes to mind
2: i i like the uh the cardinals money line also um what's
1: the uh odds there
2: i think plus one for was the was the best yeah. to get Sounds about yeah, right. 40. Yeah, yeah, I can get on board with that.
1: Um, Brad, remind me of a couple of your earlier ones. Ravens minus four and the Anthony Richardson over one and a half, which is plus one eighty-five. Yeah. So, the, what do we know about Pickett here? Is he going to play in this game? He's going to play, uh, and he's he's hurt, but he's he said, I, I will be good to go by Sunday. It's a shoulder issue. Um, I mean, I think Mike McDonald is going to put this kid in the spin cycle. I think it's going to be oh, ugly. That's not great. Is Humphrey back? It's, it looks like he should play. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't love – so I will say this. I don't love betting against teams that were thoroughly embarrassed the week before. Yeah. Like, I just don't love that. Um, and look, as like Mike Tomlin, <laughs> I don't understand it, man. I don't get it. Like, he wins these games that you just don't expect him to win. Um, somehow he like creeps his way to, to 500. It's like, I, I, I'm i wondering if it's like too good to be true, but I uh, hurt Kenny Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett has the 32nd PFF, uh, ranked PFF grade out of 34 quarterbacks. Like, healthy yeah. Kenny Pickett has not been good. Um, no,
1: so very consistent. I just think their defense, just a Tomlin point, like I think their defense now, you still have a good duo in, in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, but I think losing Cam Hayward and then having just a frankly bad secondary outside of Minka Fitzpatrick, like I don't know, I think that is what carried them through games. They it did win them the Browns game, but I mean, you saw Amari Cooper was still open 15 times in that game. Like, I just think a more cohesive game plan from the Ravens, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I do, of course, it's the Steelers plus four at home coming off an absolute shellacking. Like I get uh, the, the trepidation there, but I kind of, I said that last week and it was the dumbest comment I, I made the whole week. So, you know, that's it. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um,
0: okay. Um, anything else that we're missing here um, that we should add? So we have Mahomes over two and a half. We have uh, Jake Ferguson under 33 and a half. We have um, remind me of the others Texans
1: Texans Texans Cardinals Cardinals. and we're going I like running. that four pack four, four pack of tall boys maybe uh, with yep. some some plus odds there yeah yeah I don't I don't hate those at all.
0: Um, no no Zachary Wilson um, props you yeah, know sad we gotta pour one out. Um, but I like this. I like that four pack, and we might add. This is the beauty of joining the PFF Printing Press Discord. might add some. These are the podcast uh, locks we confer with Arjun, um, who, by the way, apparently couldn't uh, didn't make his flight today because he was coding with headphones on, which is such a I'm still in college move uh, incredible.
1: Here's the best part, too, because we know Arjun. He was for sure blasting Metallica at it's the loudest awesome. volume you could possibly imagine. That's so awesome. that also, that wrinkle made me laugh because I know he was sitting there just like rocking out the, at the gate as everyone's just lining up to get on the plane. He's just sitting there like air guitaring and missing his flight. <laughs>
0: you think he was actually at the gate? I mean, he had to be somewhere
2: else. If you're at the gate, how do you miss that? I guess you're right. That's fair. I, 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 I don't know. He, he also was talking about his Chick-fil-A right at the gate. Which leads me to think he was at the gate. I think the man was just locked in. Which honestly, I, you know, it goes to show why why the man's so successful. You he's so locked in.
0: Yeah, Yeah. he's totally focused. By the way, I have uh, I was traveling this this weekend, and I witnessed something that just absolutely blew my mind. You know how they call like uh, you know first class, whatever comfort, whatever you know main cabin one two three, and. Like, I think people should know by now that if you're, like, trying to go, like, three groups ahead, like, they're going to tell you to wait on the side. No joke. There were 20 people that tried to just walk up through first class and were in, like, main cabin three. And just, like, it was, it got to the point where the number of people standing to the side, like, waiting to get in was, like, 15, 20 people deep. I, I could not. Under, it was one of the most crazy. Every once in a while, there's one or two people and you're like, good. I'm glad you got caught. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. But to have that many people just decide they were going to blatantly try and just like go up first class. It was absolutely unbelievable. I don't know what's got into people, but um, it was really well, awesome. I-
1: I have to tell a story now because it's it's the exact same scenario, but in the opposite outcome. So, as you guys know, uh, flying to New Orleans on Friday this past week, I had a 9 p.m. flight that ended up taking wheels off at about 2:30 in the morning. So, we're finally boarding after a six-hour delay, and they're on they're on main cabin three, and I think there was only four total. I'll kid you not, probably 80 people on the plane. We, my wife and I are probably 65th, and there was like a couple people behind us, and a guy who has a, a main cabin four. I was to go with three friends that have made cabin three. So they all check through, check through, check. Through. They're like, it's the it's almost fully boarded. And the lady said the same thing. Hey, you gotta stand to the side, you're not ready yet. And he's just like, I've been here for six out. Ah, like he just like lost his mind. It was a it was remarkable. Everyone was like, Yeah, he's good. Just let the guy effing play. Like, please, God. <laughs> like it was the opposite outcome. <laughs> I'm
0: I'm glad that person got helped out. That is brutal. Yeah. That's absolutely terrible. Um Yeah, we'll do an entire episode on pet peeves of traveling, Um, but I I have a couple. Um, I will say one that I experienced uh, this recent trip was if you are hacking up a lung, like if you have a cough where you are coughing every 30 seconds and it's like a terrible cough, like do something, do something more than just coughing behind me for five straight hours. Like, please, God in heaven. I couldn't believe it. Like, I and I'm not, I'm not like the like COVID police by any stretch of the imagination. This is just like a general thing. Like, if you are sick, don't get on the plane and make other people sick. Like, I don't care whether it's a cold or freaking COVID. I do
1: not care. I'm, and get an Athletic Greens travel pack to keep you healthy yes. and keep that immune system cruising along. <laughs> yeah, that's what I
0: needed. That's what I needed. Um, All right. That was our show. We will be back on Sunday evening. Uh, We love you all.